All right, good afternoon all. Thank you so much for joining us today in this very special session about the future of consumer finance being dominated by the banks. My name is Jeffrey Tower. I'm the EVP of Global Business Development and Strategy at Charge After. I'm uh, very excited to have two unique and distinguished leaders along my side today and to share the stage once again with my friends. Terry O'Neill, Managing Director, Head of Embedded Payments and Strategic Growth at City, and Midad Sharon, CEO and Founder at Charge After, the Embedded Lending Platform, and my boss. Uh, gents, how about you go ahead and briefly introduce yourselves before we get started? To you. Thank you. So happy to be here. Um, Charge After is, as, as Jeff said, an embedded lending platform. We connect banks and merchants to provide the consumer with optimized and uh, um, and personalized financing offers. Uh, we do that via course all channels, both in-store, call center, and uh, e-commerce. And we do this in tight partnership with the banks. We provide the banks with white label, um, a white label platform um, with, uh, with uh, our lending hub. They are, be, they are able to be connected and provided with an enablement um, layer that is enabling them to go fast to market. I'm Terry O'Neill, as Jeffrey was saying, I'm with Citi, I'm responsible for embedded payments and strategic growth initiatives, and essentially what that is, is our focus on building out B2B2C point of sale lending capabilities through a series of products and simplifying and streamline how we connect our products into the merchant's points of sale. Great, so with increasing consumer demand and the rapid adoption of digital financial tools, what embedded payment products should banks and their merchants offer to their shared customers? I'll probably kick that off. Right. Um, you know, at, at the risk of being a little bit boastful working at Citi as one of the nation's largest point of sale lenders, um, we've had an opportunity to really be in embedded payments for over 30 years and to serve five of the top 15 e-commerce merchants um, with private label products and with co-branded products. As we embarked on expanding our product set to include digital lines of credit and merchant installment loans, we really wanted to ground those products, the connection points and the user interfaces in what was most important to merchants and their customers. Um, so before we started building the CityPay products, we really took an opportunity to speak to merchants and speak to consumers. And what we heard is that they were really aligned on a couple of fronts. Um, first and foremost, make sure that the products are seamlessly integrated into the purchase journey, um, that the, product, the payment products really embed uh, not just in the checkout, but with the products that the customers are thinking about buying, making sure that your user interface and the on-ramps the customers use to apply for the products are seamless, intuitive, and straightforward, and use uh, capabilities like conversational user interface, um, and make sure that it's a quick and easy process. Don't take the customer out of the purchase journey or the shopping cart too long. It's critical that you make that decision um, in under a minute and that you deliver the customer back into the shopping cart to execute that purchase um, with that transaction. Um, other than that, the other key points that we heard from customers were give me choice. They want more choice um, and more budgeting flexibility so that they can buy what they want and what they need under terms and with products that best meet their budgeting needs. And there's also an increasing focus on trust making sure that you have a trusted partner, um, and data integrity, I think were the key things that we heard in the research that we've done. Yeah, so Terry, I think that you were right on point. What we have learned from the merchants that we are working with is that the holy grail is how you provide choice and flexibility with simplicity. 
how you enable the consumers to get the right offer to the right average order value in the right vertical with the right financial product, but at the same time, we provide simplicity and seamless process because they came here to buy a sofa, to renovate their house, to buy a TV. They don't want to see 20 different uh, loans products. They want to see the right product for their, for their uh, purchase. So the key is how you combine flexibility and, and choice with simplicity. Now that we've gone ahead and started to dive into embedded finance and banks, um, what are the benefits to both the merchants and the consumers being offered these specific type of products but from the banks? And Midad, how about you start off over there? Yeah. So, so I think that um, when we look on the market today, there are a few challenges that fintechs are facing. Uh, regulation is the, maybe the first one. We see that regulation is becoming a bigger challenge, especially to the BNPLs, but, also, but in general in the market. The cost of capital is becoming a bigger issue with the rise in interest rates. The availability of capital is becoming a challenge. So the supply side is becoming more, more of a challenge. When we, when we look on, on the fintech lenders in the market, we see that those challenges are impacting them. And we see it within our, our activity with the lenders. Some of them are going out to the market, others are in, increasing their prices or reducing their approval rates. With this environment, the banks has a great situation for them because they're already regulated. Their, their cost of funds in definition is lower than the, than the fintechs and, and, and funds are available for them. So it's their time now to regain their market share, what they lost from the fintechs, and I think that they have great opportunity in the market currently. I think, Madad, I think you hit it um, pretty squarely on the head, right? When you think about partnering with a bank, I would break it down into, into two different pieces, right? What's in it for the merchants? Why is it good for our merchant partners? And then why is it good for our, um, for, for our shared customers? I think, um, as Madad was saying, right, uh, first and foremost, you know, if you're partnered with a bank that has history um, and a bank that has been in point-of-sale lending um, since it really started 30-plus years ago, um, you have a partner that not only has the balance sheet um, to stand by you and weather any economic situation, but you also has a, have a partner that understands how to underwrite consumers in the point of sale. Um, and that means you have a much more of an ability to have a partner who can serve your loans, serve your customers in any economic situation. You'll also have a partner who over the years has invested in streamlining the application process, streamlining the decisioning process. So as I was saying at City, you know, we've been in this business for 30 years. Um, we have a number of partners, our average tenure is about 15 years um, for our partner, and that's because we're able to work with our partners through any economic cycle. Um, and we have products that don't disrupt their point of sale. The worst thing that you can do in our business is delay the point of sale. We always say in our business, you never want to be the partner that is creating a line on Black Friday at Best Buy or Macy's, two of our partners. Um, and you also never want to be the partner that is creating that spinning wheel when somebody's trying to check out at the, at the dot com. So you need somebody who understands how to operate in that space and can deliver purchase credentials almost instantaneously so that the sale can be completed. Because as a merchant, what you should be concerned about is increasing your average order value. Um, Sales completion is critical. As we spoke to consumers, right, making sure that it's easy, that it's simple, and that it is fast 
is critical. Over half of consumers have told us they've abandoned a shopping cart um, because it wasn't an easy checkout process. So making sure that you have somebody that shares your values and thinks like a retailer and operates at the speed of retail is going to be critically important. And I think banks have been trained to do that because we've been in point of sale lending um, for a very long period of time. From a consumer standpoint, I think as Madad um, said also, we understand the regulatory environment, right? We build products that our goal is to be clear and to be straightforward so that the customer understands the product that they're acquiring, the payment terms that they're acquiring, and over the years we have built in flexibility and payment terms. So making sure that the customer has options that best fit their needs, whether it be a monthly payment, whether it be deferred financing, or whether it be review, uh, you know, using a revolving credit line. I think those are the critical points and where banks play a very differentiated role in this space. And since you're on the topic of uh, options, I want to go ahead and take a step further into this. So according to a relatively recent study conducted by Citi, 90% of Americans surveyed agree that retailers need to have multiple payment options for consumers to use at the checkout. What expectations do customers have of the payment products they use and their experience at a retail's checkout? Whichever you would like to start first. I'll, I'll, I'll kick it off. You know, we, we did do that research and, you know, as you were saying, you know, 90% of customers are asking for flexibility and options in the point of sale. And, you know, what that really means is they want financing options that help them meet their budgetary requirements. Um, oftentimes in point of sale lending, right, a customer is either making a discretionary purchase um, or in a lot of instances, as we know with some of our partners, it's an unplanned purchase. Your refrigerator died, your dishwasher died, and you have to buy it, but you didn't have that planned. So with, with giving them that flexibility and that optionality, you're enabling them to buy either what they want or what they need under terms that fit within their budget. And I think that's why you're hearing a lot and a really high demand um, for flexibility and optionality. It really only starts there though, right? Uh, you and I spoke uh, a while back about this and you know, that's your first relationship step with the customer, right? That one loan um, isn't the lifetime relationship with the customer. You need to think more broadly than that. So while the first product might be what brings them through the door, you also have to think about how quickly you bring them through the door. Again, we spoke about using conversational user interface, making sure that you reduce the number of fields that the customer has to fill out to be approved for that application, giving them shopping credentials with that very first decision, and making sure that they have the credit line available to buy what they want to buy. So at Citi, we've invested in the conversational user interface. Um, the Citi Pay products are fully digital offerings, so the customer is delivered tokenized credentials, and we enable the checkout instantaneously. Um, but we also pull them and all that's the, an omnicommerce omnicommerce regardless Got of it. channel i think the other thing that i would call out is you know a customer expects us to move seamlessly with them whether they're shopping the dot com or standing in the point of sale and we've invested in technology that enables us to and it give them the same experience whether it's in the dot com or in the physical point of point of sale and that's critically important for a merchant and for and for a customer I think the other thing that I would say is with these products, because they're fully digital, um, we're bringing a customer through the application, but also giving them 
credentials so that they can sign into their account seamlessly and set up their account servicing after we execute the transaction. So we think about it as a longer term relationship with the customer, not just one purchase. And for a merchant and for a consumer, that's critically important, right? In this space, when you think about embedded payments, a lot of times these customers can be taken out of your loyalty ecosystem. They become somebody else's customer. As a bank at Citi, we think about lending. That's what we want to do. We want to finance that transac transaction, but we also leverage our products to make sure that we enable and encourage repeat purchases with the merchant that brought them into the product, as opposed to trying to monetize those customers in a, in a different way. Yeah, I think that all those points are, are super important. I would just highlight, I think, two, two more points. I think that what the study is teaching us is that one size doesn't fit all. The merchants are more sophisticated than, than they were before. It's not a, a single product market. There are multiple uh, lending products available to the merchants and to the consumers. And how you use them and how you optimize them in the right way that would enable the merchants to increase their sales and maximize the conversion of window shoppers into actual buyer and then create loyalty is the key. And for that, the things that Terry mentioned are super important, right? A new, new consumer experience versus repeating consumer experience. How you make the repeat consumer experience easy and seamless. How you are treating the consumer as a consumer, regardless of the channel, in-store, call center, e-com. What we have learned from the activity of our merchants is that in many cases, consumer would start online, apply online, but buy in-store buy in-store, but upsell later on via the call center. So how you treat them in all those channels as a consumer, where they feel that they are being recognized and they are continuing their journey and not starting again. All of those are a key to fulfilling the, the need for multiple products, but do it in an efficient way that would increase and maximize the conversion. So let's continue with that. So maybe, Terry, with the volume of providers in the market that are offering alternative payment methods today uh, and consumer finance products, what qualities should retailers look for in a payment solution partner? It's a, it's a great question. It's a, it's a good one. <laughs> um, you know, I think we've been talking about it really for the majority of the panel. If, if you're a merchant looking for a payment partner, you should look for somebody who you want to be a long-term partner. Um, somebody who has the balance sheet. Um, a trusted partner. A trusted partner. Somebody who has the balance sheet to, to fund the receivables. Um, somebody who has invested in the customer UX. Um, somebody who's going to work with you to make sure that your goals are aligned, and that will touch a number of things. Value exchange. How do they work with you to help you increase your average order value? How do they work with you to help you increase sales completions? Um, how do they work with you to help you reduce your cost of credit um, and potentially increase, you know, introduce new revenue streams into your business that might not have otherwise been available to you? Um, you know, the other things I think you want to look for, as we've been saying, is a partner who shares your values, a partner who understands the retail space, um, who understands the cycles that we go through. Um, who has years of experience underwriting consumers in the point of sale. It's a, it's a very different and unique space when you are making a split-second de decision to underwrite a customer for a split-second, uh, for, for a specific transaction. And that comes down to a couple of things. Do you have a partner that can, can receive the requested sale amount and use that in their underwriting strategies? 
do you have a partner that can underwrite across the credit spectrum so that you can bring more customers through and into the credit journey? That's all going to translate into incremental sales for you as a merchant. The last piece that I would say that I, I think is critically important is, well, two things maybe. Make sure that you have a partner who is known and who is trusted. I think what we're hearing from consumers as we've been speaking with them, um, nine in 10 of them look for these products from, from a financial services institution, from a bank, from a brand that they know um, because they believe that their data will be more secure, um, because that they, they know they'll be getting a fair offer of credit. The final piece of it is a lot of times with embedded payment partners, when you bring a customer through the transaction and they come through with an, with a, an alternative financing product, they're moving into a different loyalty ecosystem. So you may find yourself competing for consumers that you brought through those products. Um, as I said earlier, as a bank, that's not how we look to earn money. We earn money by lending. That is our primary focus. So our strategies are all focused on helping you keep that customer as your customer. In our business, we speak a lot about um, working with merchant partners and our shared customers. We're very intentional in using the term shared customers. We believe that we earn the right or work to earn the right every single day to serve our merchants' customers. That's embedded in our DNA, and you should look for a partner that thinks that same way so that you're not having to fight for your customers that you brought through your own sales channels. I think that I can only add to that that first, quality is about trust and long-term relationship. As Terry said, um, being at the point of sale, being at checkout, those are the most sensitive real estate that the merchant would have. It's the end of the funnel after they convince the consumer to come to their store or website after he decided to buy. If something doesn't work there, then it's critical. And it's also the PII data of the consumer, so it's very sensitive. So security is very important over there. And, and Terry, you mentioned those points. I think that the only points that I would like to add is about control and analytics. The merchants would like to have visibility towards the consumer journey and how they are moving through the funnel, how they are moving from uh, in-store, call center, and online. They would like to have control and visibility. So after they see what is happening with the consumer, in many cases they want to leverage it and change the setting and optimize. They know their business best, so we want to enable them to use those financial products as they see fit. So everything that you said but control and analytics are super important as well. So Terry Midad in closing, and Midad, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, neither of you are new to this industry, and I'd really love to tap into your experiences and understand from you what's next for embedded payments in the coming year and beyond, and really what excites you most about what's next. So first, I'm super excited about point of sale financing. I, I assume right? you are. Um, and I think, I think that we are in an exciting moment in time. I think that point of sale financing and buy now, pay later is the future of credit. The way that consumers are consuming things today is instant and with choices. And if you think about point-of-sale financing, this is exactly what point-of-sale financing is doing to the credit industry. Instead of going to the bank, uh, applying for a credit card, we are bringing origination and payments together at the point-of-sale and point-of-need. So I think that point-of-sale financing and BNPL will just grow. And we will see this as the future of credit. We will see this way of using credit 
and instant credit becoming more and more dominant with, as a payment option, as a way to pay. Um, I think that merchants will use this more and more as a way to acquire new consumers and make them loyal to them, as a, as a sales tool to them. Uh, within this mega trend, I think that we will have two sub-trends that are super interesting. One is the omni-commerce trend, where all those channels are blending into one consumer experience. And the other, which we mentioned a lot during the discussion, is how all those different types of lending products are becoming, are, are utilized within the consumer journey in order to optimize and personalize the experience to maximize the conversion. Terry? Um, I'll, I'll be I really, know we're, we're really being quick because I'm seeing yes. the red light flash. Uh, you know, oh I think God. what you'll see is that consumer demand for choice and flexibility will continue, and that's going to amplify the pace and the types of products that we see coming to market. And I think that's a good thing um, because that type of healthy competition will result in better products for merchants and for their consumers. Um, for us at City, you know, we've made a commitment to continue investing in a couple of key things, right? Seamless integration into the journey, make it easy, make it fast. Uh, conversational user interfaces, making sure that we can move the customer through the application process as quickly as possible. Making sure that we can tokenize the transaction so we can complete real time, whether they're in the dot com or standing in the physical point of sale. And then I think the other thing that we're looking at and ensuring that we can do through partnerships with companies like yourself and others is making sure that we can bring our products where merchants already transact. One of the things that has become increasingly clear to us as we've gone on this journey and have interrogated our products and interrogated how we connect with merchants is it's critically important that we don't ask merchants to plug in a new acceptance universe, but that we bring our products to where you're already transacting payments so that as you decide to bring a city pay product into your checkout or into your sales journey, it's easy for you to grab that and it exists within your current payment ecosystem. I think you'll continue to see that type of evolution. Terry O'Neill, Midad Sharon, thank you guys so much. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah.